was interesting this last week it's a simple thing that we say isn't it Jesus you are my Lord it sounds so simple well this last week I was thinking about that and it really hit me you know we think about telling people you know which is true make Jesus the Savior and the Lord of your life submit your will to him live for him make him make him the Lord of your life and so we think a lot of times, which is rightly so, of what we surrender to Him when we're making Him our Lord. But this last week I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? When Jesus becomes our Lord, we're not just surrendering to Him. But when He's our Lord, Satan is no longer our Lord. And the things that are in the world, they, are no, they can no longer lord it over us. So I, I thought about it, I go, Jesus, because you're my Lord, you're also the Lord of my body. And so I thank you that healing belongs to me. Because you are my Lord, my mind can be at peace. I can be filled with the joy of God. He, he's the Lord of those things. And when we make him Lord, we're not just surrendering to him, but we're getting back and we're receiving everything that he's promised us in his word. Hallelujah. When he is our Lord, he promises, I'll take care of you. 
You know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And, uh, and then, it, you know, even when, we, when God does bless us, uh, there's no sorrow in the kind of blessing that God gives us. Hallelujah. So when Jesus is our Lord, we're not, we're not just, you know, people shrink from making him their Lord. Oh, what am I going to have to give up, right? Yeah, well, you just surrender to a much better life. Hallelujah. Making Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. He's good. Praise the Lord. Well, before you're seated, why don't you introduce yourself to several people? Uh, tell them your name, welcome them. And uh, for those of you who are watching online, we're so glad that you've joined us today. And we know that you're going to be ministered to by the Word of God. Well, good morning. If you are worshiping here with us today for the first time, uh, you will find a connect card in the seat in front of you. If you wouldn't mind just filling that out and letting us know that you were here. And then if in any way we can pray with you or help you, just fill out a connect card and be in touch with us. And we will, uh, we will uh, endeavor to uh, make contact with you and do what you need. Um, today we, are, we have some different friends in town and it's good to see many of you who we haven't seen in a little while. Uh, and also we have this going to speak in this morning service, Tony and Jeanette Finley. Now, Tony was our first youth pastor. Um, Georgette, was he yours or your sister's? He was yours, yeah. And um, of course, when Pastor Mike and I, you know, when he was our youth pastor, we thought he was a lot younger than us. But we were very, we were young ourselves, so he couldn't have been that much younger. And then I finally asked him yesterday how old he was, which I won't tell. And uh, we found out <laughs> he wasn't that much younger than us. <laughs> he just looks it. He just looks it. How about that? Anyway, we're so thrilled that they're here with us. Um, Jeanette was, I think, our second church secretary. And um, uh, Pastor Mike married them many years ago. They ended up going to Rama Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then pioneered a church in Omaha, Nebraska. And they're doing a great job. And um, we're just so blessed that they've visited us many times. They come out uh, to California once or twice a year, and we uh, we always see them, but um, this time it just seemed good, and Pastor Mike asked him to minister in the service today, and um, we appreciate their friendship. We appreciate their maturity and their wisdom, and we know that you're going to be, you're going to be blessed in the service today. Um, and just a few quick announcements, ladies. Uh, this next week, you have two things coming up. Uh, there is a ladies' Bible study Tuesday night, and then we're going to have a fall pie making class. Uh, there's, it's limited, so we actually only have five spots left. So um, 
the bulletin will tell you how you can um, how you can sign up for that and participate. And then we have a church baptism that's coming up October the fifteenth, and so um, um, we have a lot of kids that want to be baptized. There's some information at the uh, information center as to what you may need to bring or do that day. Praise the Lord. And then, as most of you know, following the service, we're going to have a celebration of life for Lindsay Elizabeth Leland. Um, so after the service, if you're staying for that, you'll just go uh, to the fellowship hall, and uh, the service will be in there in its entirety. Lunch will be served first, and then there will be the service following. So praise the Lord. Um, we're going to ask the ushers to come at this time. We're going to receive our offering. And um, if you would like to also uh, be a blessing to, to Pastor Tony, um, you can just uh, indicate on your offering envelope, and you can uh, designate a guest minister on there so that we can uh, give him a love offering and bless him for coming to bless us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, that you are always faithful. We know that we can rely upon the truth of your word, and you are who you said that you were. So, Lord, I pray that today you would reveal yourself to us deeper in a greater way, that we would fall more in love with Jesus live for him, serve him, walk in the victory that he provided. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, after you've had the chance to give, would you stand and worship with us again this morning?
is amazing because when you worship God, it's a dialogue. So you passionately pursue his presence by opening your heart to him. And then worship happens when he meets you and he comes and he, he comes here and he just stirs your heart from the inside out and his presence is all around you. Aren't you grateful for the anointing? Aren't you grateful for the presence of the Lord in this place? Hallelujah. You know, I got to tell you, this feels exactly like Omaha, Nebraska. At certain points of the year, it looks different outside. But man, I'll tell you, just this is our home away from home. And I know many of you don't know Jeanette and I, but we pray for you guys consistently. We are madly in love with your pastors. And we, everything that happened, yes, that's good. Give honor to him and to Beth. Do you know, it's amazing everything that we do in Omaha, Nebraska, that's reaching around the world, we got because God hooked us up with pastors Mike and Beth. 
And we're so grateful that we got planted in a church. Do you know that there's no example in the Bible? See, if you look at, if you take an aerial view of the word of God, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt is a type of us getting born again. The children of Israel going into the land of Canaan is a type of a New Testament believer laying hold of their inheritance. Ours isn't a physical land, but we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, right? It's all in Christ. We've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. But you know, this example that we have in the Old Testament, do you know that nobody went in to obtain their inheritance alone? Everyone went in with their company. So I want to encourage you, if you're here today looking for a church, take all the pressure off yourself. Jesus is your Lord, right? So that means you go where he plants you. Because the vision is necessary. We tell people this all the time. The vision of this church the gifts inside of you are necessary for it to go forward. If it's another church, your gifts will be necessary. So it'll bless you. It'll bless that body of believers. Jesus is the head. And I'm telling you, we're a final day's church. Man, I'm telling you, you're, you're the A-team. God has brought you in at such a time as this to manifest his glory in this earth. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church right? We're the only ones on the planet with authority. So we're going to walk and use that and we will not fear because he is with us. Amen. Well, so good to be with you guys here this morning. I'm, it's really hard for me to be up on stage. They try to get me on stage in our sanctuary. So you just, there's no safe place here with me today. I like to touch people. So anyway, it's an honor to be here today with you. You could be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. As I was really, really thinking about and praying about being stirred about just ministering here today to you, um, so many things have come up in my heart. But the thing that's predominant in my life is the importance of you learning how to be strong in the Lord. Very important. How to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, this is, this is so important because we're living in perilous times, right? It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says right there, it says in the final days, perilous times will come, right? Perilous times. That Greek word means dangerous, difficult, and strength-reducing times. So that's why for us as Christians, the path of the righteous is one of increase, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter to the full day. He always causes us to triumph. You know, I'm quoting scriptures right now, right? He always gives us the victory. I love Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, behold, I give you power. That's the Greek word that means delegated authority. Well, we know from the epistles that that's delegated authority in the name of Jesus. That where his name is, that's where his presence, his power, his provision is. He's given us power, delegated authority in the name of Jesus to do what? To tread upon things. That phrase in the Greek, tread upon, means to have absolute mastery over. Do you know if I got on a basketball court with my grandson, he's almost seven. 
I would have absolute mastery over him. He would never be able to score on me. If I got on a basketball court with LeBron James, LeBron would have absolute mastery over me. But that, that's not even a comparison. The greater one is in you. Satan is never to have mastery over you, right? Colossians tells us that because of the precious blood of Jesus, you have been bought out once and for all of the delegated influence of darkness, and you have been placed in the kingdom of his dear son. So now you may feel like you're under the delegated influence of darkness. It may look like it, but the reality of it is you're not. And when you hear the word of God, believe it and walk in it and become a doer of it, you can walk free in this world because Satan's kingdom is a paper kingdom. He has no power over a believer. It says that we'll tread on, on serpents and scorpions. It's a type of the satanic hierarchy. And it also says we'll have absolute mastery over all the power. That's a word for ability of the enemy. That's Satan. And then it just the cherry on top says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Isn't that amazing? So we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual strength today. So go to Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 10, the book of Ephesians is a book that is just jam-packed with doctrine. So if you look at the first three chapters, it literally will tell us who we are in Christ. The second three chapters of this book will tell us what to do because of who we are, how we walk this out. You know, when you look at the Bible, think of the Gospels kind of like a, a photograph. It, it, it gives you a wonderful picture of Christ. The epistles is like an x-ray or an MRI. It gives you a picture you see into Christ. And it teaches us how to live. So we look at this book. There's, there's all this doctrine all throughout this book. And then in the last chapter... In verse 10 of chapter 6, Paul says, finally, my brethren. In other words, in the Greek, it's like, now, guys, to the most important thing at hand. This is, if you don't get anything else, you got to get this. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Now, this word strong, be strong, this is a command. If Jesus is your Lord, he is commanding you to be strong, but not in yourself, in the Lord. It's, it's, it's a command. You know, you know God's words are enablements, right? You've probably heard that three or 400,000 times come, come in here. When God says be strong, it enables you to be strong in him. Oh, we live in perilous times that can reduce natural strength. But guess what? These times cannot reduce God's strength. So we must learn how to walk in him and to yield to this, the strength of God. Be strong. And then it says this, in the Lord. That's in the locative tense in the Greek. That means the only place this supernatural strength of God is found is in the Lord. Aren't you thankful that you're in him? 
You are right there. You have it all. Isn't that amazing? God loves us so much. He's given us more than enough to walk victorious as Jesus walked. We are to walk in our lives on this earth right now. So I hope today that you will grab hold of the word of God. You know, there's an anointing that is upon the word. It will lift the burdens off of you. It'll destroy yokes of bondage. Those are Satan's lies. Don't let your past or your current circumstances define your future, right? Don't look at natural circumstances and decide what the word of God is. God is a healer. He's a provider. He's a restorer, right? Because you want to transition as you grow in the Lord. See, I kind of rocked my church one time. I said, you know, this whole Christianity thing, relationship with God thing, this is not about you living for God. Have you tried that? Man, I'm just going to do better today. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it right, right? And then by 9 o'clock in the morning, you've kicked the cat, you've said some things, and right? No, walking with God is about letting God live through you. You live in him. Faith, the highest expression of faith, is a rest. So we are to rest in him. I love that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Those Greek words means in the strength of his ability. What limits... What limits are on God's ability and strength? There's none. So how strong are you? Well, how strong is he? Because you're in him, right? So I, I want to stretch you a little bit. Now, this strength, again, is found in him. So you'll have to live in him. Well, how do I do that? Here's the good news. You have the teacher, the greater one on the inside of you who will lead you and guide you into all the truth of these things. As you meditate in the word of God, it will build, it literally builds a bridge that will take you from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. And so the key is get in the word and get the word in you. Don't read your Bible silently. Read it out loud. Keep the word of God in your mouth all day because your mind will shut up and listen to you, to what you're saying, right? You'll listen to your pastor, you listen to people and all this stuff, but you don't listen to anybody more than you listen to yourself, right? So let's, let's do that. Acts 17, 28 says, for it is in him that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. If you're going to walk and be strong in the Lord, to be continually strengthened inwardly in him, you're going to have to walk in him, right? See, our weakness is never an issue if we're drawing from his strength and his ability. Our ability is not an issue when we're drawing from his ability. And it all comes from knowing him. Salvation is knowing God. He is life. So we walk in him. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Great, how do I do that? Put on, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. This word put on is real interesting. It's the Greek word enduo. It literally, you could say it this way, be endued with the whole armor of God. Jesus told his disciples, guys, after he came out of the grave, he goes, now listen, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. You go to Jerusalem until you be enduoed with power from on high. The baptism of the Holy Spirit that came days later, right? This is telling us to put on, to be endued with. Allow yourself to be endued with the whole armor of God. Well, what is that? What is the armor of God? It's revelation knowledge of his word. We'll see that as we go through, but it's as, as the word of God is revealed to you. Can I ever preach without a bottle of water? This is the craziest thing. And Georgette, you would say, you never did that when you were a youth pastor. But if, if this is a word, words are containers, right? So if this is a word from God, what happens is as you meditate in the word of God, you say it over and over and over. So you want to walk, be strong in the Lord. Father, I thank you that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Father, I thank you that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And as I keep meditating in that, what happens is the Holy Spirit will open that word to me on the inside because the bottle would represent the word of God. The water would contain his thoughts and his thoughts will mold and shape you and transform your life. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says the entrance of his word gives light. That word, that word entrance means opening. The opening of his word gives light. Isn't that amazing? So as we walk in revelation knowledge of his word, the armor of God, God's armor is endued upon you. Guess who you look like when you have the armor of God on? Right? So we're going to talk about the armor of God a little bit today. You know, spiritual authority and spiritual strength are just interchangeable. As you walk through life, you've got to walk knowing where you're seated. Right? So right now, I'm at Foothill Family Church. This is, this is where I am temporally. But right now, I'm also positionally seated in Christ in heavenly places far above anything the enemy could ever be. So you live your life on this earth out of the position that you're in. And this is how we walk strong in him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That sounds so crazy, right? Well, the word stand means survey the battlefield. So as you, through making a choice to put God's word first place in your life, honoring and respecting God's word above everything that you see, feel, every circumstance of your life, Jesus is the center of my life. He is, his word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. It is truth. And I submit every moment of every day to him. 
as you do that, as you put his word first now, what happens is it causes you to stand. This word, survey the battlefield, it's like his word will lift you up so that you can stand against, that's stand face to face against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, that sounds so wild, doesn't it? It literally means to travel down one road one way. So in other words, every one of us, Satan comes against every one of us the exact same way. The wiles of the devil. Actually, the word devil literally reveals how he comes. It's the word diabolos. Dia. It means to penetrate through something to the other side. How? By abolos, by throwing something blow after blow after blow after blow. Well, what does he throw? Thoughts. He'll throw thoughts at you. Your body hurting. All of a sudden you get up and man, your knee or your hip or whatever, your back, and he'll throw thoughts. Oh man, this is going on. Right? And he's throwing thoughts to penetrate your mind so that you can think that you're the sick and try to get healed instead of realizing that, no, I am the healed, so now sickness and disease has to bow to who I am in Christ. See, in the Old Testament, God said this. He said, listen, if you obey me, then I will do this. In the New Testament, this principle, the progression's a little bit different. Now, I'm a born-again believer. I'm his child, and he gave me everything when I got saved. So now I've been given everything, so now everything must bow to who I am in Christ. So now when I speak to the mountain, what happens? He'll move the mountain, right? But I have to speak to the mountain. Did you ever read that story about Moses? All of a sudden, man, it's just this glorious thing. They come out of Egypt with this great spoil. They're standing at the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, the most powerful army in the world is coming after him to kill him, right? So Moses kind of cries out to God and goes, okay, God, you got to deliver us. And, and God, God says to him, kind of rebukes him. He's like, why are you talking to me? You, you take what I gave you. Take that staff and part the Red Sea and cross over on dry ground. Has God ever told you to do something? And you look at it and go, there's no, there's no way to do that. God won't call you to do something for yourself or by yourself according to your own ability. He wants you to do things according to his ability, to do things in him. Moses was a type of a New Testament believer. He was a friend of God. He spoke to God face to face. The staff is a type of Jesus. That whole story is just like Mark chapter 11. He's saying, Moses, take what I gave you, take the name of Jesus, and part the Red Sea and cross over on dry ground. Right after that, it said, Moses took the staff, did what God said, and guess what, it, guess what else it says? And God parted the Red Sea, and they crossed over on dry ground. When you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Are you the healer? Nope, he is. But we got to know who we are in him.
We have to learn how in every area of our life to tap into his strength and his ability. And this is what it's talking about right here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, we've got to deliberately do something to allow his armor to manifest upon us. The armor of God, the truth of God's word will remove the deception of the devil. It just removes it. And it breaks his power of deception off your life. Isn't that good news? You know, I pray every day. I ask the Lord, I'm like, help me to see what I'm not seeing. Help me to see clearly what maybe I'm seeing wrong. And there's no power in the world that could stop that from happening. Because I am his. So it's not about, see, we sit under the word. You sit under the word here. And that's great. And we're in this information and entertainment society. So sometimes we think, because man, I could, I could finish every scripture that that pastor from Omaha is saying. So what? That doesn't mean you can do any of it. You have to meditate in it because you got the word has to get from your mind into your heart, right? And you've got to get the word in your heart so that the word can come out of your heart and start renovating your mind. And it'll transform your life. Putting the whole armor of God causes you and I to be the aggressor in the fight. It gives us a superior position against the one road, the one way that Satan comes against us. He throws thought after thought after thought into your mind, and God has given you weapons to take every one of those thoughts captive. If you're a child of God today, you are a world overcomer. Your future's not in front of you, it's within you. As you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. God places his will into your life in the form of his word. And as you delight in the Lord, this is Psalm 37, 4, he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, his will for your life will come out of your heart in the form of desires. But it's not this, it's not like a fleshly desire. It will eclipse all the desires that you might have. Oh, his word is the lamp to your feet and a light to your path. His word is him. Amen. So 2 Corinthians, hold your place in Ephesians. Go to 2 Corinthians real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Devices. That's a word you're going to have to know to understand this battle. This word devices is the Greek word noemata. It means tormenting and confusing mind games. That's what he's trying to do, right? The spirit of fear is not in you as a child of God. And you have authority over it, and you could just tell it to leave, and it has to. Fear, fear and doubt, man, these are like the evil twins. 
You know, look at it this way. Fear is the doorway to doubt. You start to fear something going on in the world. You know, we've had an interesting few years, haven't we? Ridiculous. I'd love to tell you it's going to get better. Now, in the world, it's probably going to continue to get worse. But in your life, you could make a decision today for it to get better. Because he's your healer, he's your protector, he's your provider, right? And it's not based on what governments decide. You have been given authority in the name of Jesus. And your authority is based on your relationship as a child of God. And in every circumstance of your life, he will cause you to triumph and give you the victory if you'll stand and believe him. But you got to stand in his strength because our strength just is not enough. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. So right now, you know exactly. I mean, I could probably go and have everybody testify. What lies is Satan telling you right now? Right? You know, your thought life is going to be based on the people that you associate with. So you're going to have to be careful what you're hearing what people you're associating with, right? Psalms chapter one tells us that. It is impo- it's impossible to be blessed and to, pow- and to prosper if you're walking, standing, and sitting around the wrong people, right? It, your thought life is also, it comes from the things that you observe. You're gonna have to watch out. You know, you're not gonna be able to watch Carnal News Network. I think you call it CNN, right? <laughs> Can you say that publicly, right? I don't think Pastor Mike cares if I say that publicly, right? But you can't listen to that stuff. My chiropractor in Nebraska, this guy is a big gorilla. He's not saved yet, but he's on his way. And uh, he, he, has a, he has a young lady that's one of his patients that he was talking to me about her because he, he always would play the news on the TV in his practice, and this young Chinese lady from China said to him one day, um, David, why, why do you have that on? He go, she goes, you know, in China, none of us watch the news because we know none of it's true. Don't you know? I mean, she was kind of like, what? Don't you know that's not true? But I've got to tell you, we as Christians... Get your news from the word of God because truth's one thing, facts one thing, but then there's truth. And truth is not of this world. It is of the word of God. The word is truth and will change every fact. Everything that some, somebody in the world might call true, listen, it has to bow to truth. And we know that. Praise God. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Great. Why? For we wrestle not, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Wow, I just solved a lot of people's problems. Because people is never your problem. Now, Satan will work behind the scenes and use people, but they're not your enemy. To fight this battle and win all the time, you got to realize who the enemy is. 
It's who's behind the people, who's behind the scenes. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but who do we wrestle against? Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now remember, you, that sounds so woo-woo-woo, but remember, you're seated far above them. You've been given delegated authority in the name of Jesus to have absolute mastery over them. They are to be a non-issue, right? Don't let Satan lie to you. Don't listen to that. It's real simple. Satan, shut up and get out, right? But always have an it is written because he won't listen to that. He'll listen to the it is written thing, right? Our warfare is not against people, but our warfare is against these spiritual powers that operate behind the scenes. So that helps you walk in forgiveness. You don't ever get out of the love walk. Forgive all those that have despitefully used you or abused you. God is your healer, and when he heals, he removes the scar. You see it over and over in the Bible. What does it say? Over and over and over. Behold, 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 I make all things new. Isn't that amazing? God is so good. So let's keep going with this. You're right in verse 12. Now go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, because we want to talk about this a little bit. You have been given a weapon to be able to handle the wiles of the devil, the noe mata, the, the confusing mind games that he's going to play with you. He'll tell you that your past is going to completely affect your future. And if there's one principle in the Bible that's absolutely true that I love, is you can't tell where a person ever was to where they would end up. Right? God took Joseph from prison to the second in command in the most powerful nation on the earth in a moment of time. Right? Satan has Daniel thrown in a lion's den. Daniel goes in there in faith. He knew he was never going to die that day. He comes out and all of his enemies are wiped out and he has a position now and a freedom that where he's able to do much more. Paul, I mean, he's given these revelations. Then this messenger of Satan is just constantly buffeting him and it's not some Asian eye disease. It's very clear. Everywhere this guy went, they, he goes from being God to them. They stone him, they throw him in prison, they do all this stuff. But guess what? God's grace was sufficient, for God's strength was made perfect in his weakness. And he went further. He finished his course. Remember, he told Timothy that. I've run my race. I've finished my course. Guess what? You and I are going to say that. It's not, you know, for me, I'm one of these guys. It's not how you start the race. I didn't start this race very well. But man, I'm going to finish strong. And although I got started a little bit late, right, here I am. I didn't really step into what God had called me to do because of my own stupidity, all this stuff. But guess what? Hide and watch. I'm going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to hand me this victor's crown that is going to represent everything 
that he did through me. And it will give him praise. So know that about yourself. You're going to finish strong. Your past will not dictate your future if you'll let go of it. Amen? So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let's look at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That sounds a lot like we wrestle not against flesh and blood, doesn't it? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of human origin. But they are mighty how? They're only mighty through God. And what do they do? To the pulling down. This word pulling down in the Greek means the utter destruction of strongholds. See, this is what Satan does in the whole mental realm here. He will throw thought after thought after thought in your mind. And if you don't take it captive, all of a sudden you'll start taking the thought. How do you know if you've taken a thought? You'll start speaking it. You can't do this. For me, here was the big lie with me. Tony, you're worthless. I didn't even realize that. You're worthless. You're worthless. I would walk around in high school. The Lord showed me this years later. I'd walk around saying the world would be a better place if I had never been born. Right? And so this worthlessness. So you take that thought. You start speaking it. I'm not worth anything. Right? What happens now, now Satan will, he will, because you're taking this thought, he will keep throwing the thoughts so that you can build an imagination. It's called a vain imagination. Imagination that is, it literally, it, it, it ignites a, a, like a little mini movie in your subconscious mind. It's the way God made our mind. He'll capture your imagination, and pretty soon you will see life in a way that's not the way God intended. And, if you, and then what will happen is all these little demonic powers and all this stuff set against you, they'll try to get you to continue walking in this same behavior until you, with your own mouth, build a stronghold in your life. And if you have strongholds in your life, they become blind spots. Many times you don't even see them. Everything's everybody else's fault, right? It's my wife's fault. It's my husband's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's my parents' fault. A stronghold. I've got great news for you. If you have a stronghold today in your mind, the anointing doesn't break it. It destroys it. The weapons of our warfare are not of human origin, but they are mighty through God for the destruction of the stronghold. And then it explains it. These weapons will cause you to be able to cast down these imaginations. This, this Greek word logismos, this, this imagination, the logical thinking and reasoning of a, of a deceived mind. You'll be able to cast that down so you could see clearly. And also, it takes care of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? That's his word. See, these thoughts from the enemy, this word exalts itself. It's not something that just kicks the door down and changes your life instantly. 
This Greek word means something that slowly and progressively will take a place of preeminence over the word of God. You'll come to church and you'll hear that he sent his word and healed you. You'll hear in Galatians 3 that Christ hath redeemed you from the curse of the law. You'll read in Deuteronomy 28 that the curse of the law includes all sickness and all disease. You've been once and for all redeemed from it. You'll read in Psalm 103, don't forget his benefits. Not only has he forgiven all your iniquities, he heals all of your diseases. Right? You'll read in Isaiah 53 that surely he bore my sickness and carried my pain. And then you'll read in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus himself in verse 17 carried, bore my sickness and carried my pain so I don't have to. But if you don't keep that ever in front of you, in your heart coming out of your mouth, you'll start getting up and you'll start noticing, man, that pain. And it's getting worse. And then you, you go to a doctor. Thank God for doctors. Right? They can tell us what's going on. And don't get down on them. And don't, don't yell in their face, no, I'm healed. Just say thank you. Right? And walk out of their office and say, I'm redeemed from that. Father, I, I'm redeemed from that. It has no place in my body. It's got to go. The tumor has got to go. The diagnosis, see? But if you don't, if you... If you don't take those thoughts captive, you'll, you'll start to believe, well, you know, this just isn't working for me. And Satan will talk you out of it. Can I say this? You need to know, child of God, that the word of God is true. That God watches over his word to perform it. So rejoice in that. There are no exceptions. If you get in faith and you stay in faith, you will see the answer in your body, in this realm, whatever it is. If God said it, he'll perform it. But you have to believe it and never let go of it. To do that, you're going to have to be strong in him. And here's the thing. You're made to be strong in him. Do you realize that literally your life, Colossians tells us, is tucked away with Christ in God. You're made to believe your father. So what we want to do is feed our spirit, develop our spirit so that our mind is renewed and renovated so that we can keep our flesh down so that we can be strong in the Lord and take these thoughts captive. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. This word captivity is a crazy word. It's a Roman military term. A Roman soldier, if he was going to take somebody into captivity and they would try to get away, he had a maneuver that he would grab them and slam them into his breastplate while pulling this sword Somebody, when I was teaching on this one time, he gave me a replica of this sword. It's about this, this long, and it has this long tip. And he would literally jam it up their spine, literally rending the person. I mean, this is gross, but it's be, you know after breakfast, before lunch, so you guys are okay. So it would render them completely paralyzed from the neck down. 
That's the word that the Holy Spirit saw fit to use. This is how dangerous thoughts are. You have to take every thought captive. Oh, man, I tell you what, I witness to people, if you looked at my phone, you would laugh. I'm always witnessing the people. You know, if I go to a restaurant in Omaha, I become the pastor of the restaurant. But I know every server. I know their name. I have a little description of who they are. And when I walk in there, before I walk in, I kind of look at it. So that, so because some of them, when they find out I'm a pastor, they're either like, oh. A lot of times it's like they do the Heisman. Oh, pastor. Religious guy, right? No, don't call me, call me anything but religious. But when you know their name, it's amazing what God can do. Because we love people. To walk in love, you can't be moved by your circumstances. Take in the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You should write this in your Bible. And if you can't write in your Bible, then put that one on your, on your you know, a piece of furniture in your house so you can look at it and see how pretty it is. And go buy one you could write in. But you should write this by this verse. You cannot win a spiritual battle with natural weapons, right? The biggest battle, what's the biggest battle in our mind? The biggest battle is the enemy trying to birth some doubts and preconceived thoughts and ideas that the word of God is just not going to work for you this time. And that's not true. God's word. You know, Brother Hagen, he made this little statement years and years ago. I mean, he's been in heaven for 20 years, and he made this little statement. The word of God works if you work it. And when I first heard that, me and all of my pride and arrogance, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's whatever. Here I am, many, many years later, right? I'm the youngest 61-year-old you'll ever meet. How did, Georgette, how did that happen? I mean, we were just looking at you and Melanie's picture the other day. We were, you know, she was creeping you online and everything, and we're like, look at these guys, they're still young. But it's no fair when you're a youth pastor, because even when I was young, these guys would tell me I was old. I'm like, come on, I'm, not, I'm, I'm like 28, 29, 30 years old, and they're like, yeah, you're old. Great. Right? I'm not bitter about that, so I'll get over that. Satan, he attempts to create, plant, nurture these wrong thoughts over time so that it, all he wants to do is separate you from faith. And to do that, he's got to separate you from believing God's word. God will, the Bible, Titus even says he's the God that cannot lie. I love that. See, Satan drops thoughts from the outside God's thoughts come into you from the inside. As you meditate in the word of God, it will help you and enable you to discern where these thoughts are coming from. That's why it's so important. See, guys, because of what we've been given, man, we can't keep this a secret. You live in Southern California. You live in a real interesting place right? Real interesting governmental leadership. But God puts you here for a reason. 
You're to be fearless. And you're to tell everybody about Jesus because he is the answer. Right? We always say this in our church. It's like, man, we can't keep this to ourselves. It changes the way you live. God is our, he's our refuge. He is our fortress. He is our safe place in the midst of all this stuff. And light will always dispel darkness. Nothing can keep you from yielding all your fruit in your season except you. Hallelujah. Deception happens when a person believes the enemy's lies. So, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's jump back there real quick. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't you love that? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Well, what's the evil day? Is there a day coming that's evil? Yeah, let me prophesy. It's today. Let me prophesy for you tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's, it's Monday, right? This is the second time that the Spirit of God saw fit to tell us, take the whole armor of God upon you, right? He said, put on the whole armor of God. Now he's saying, take it on. Take it on you in just a few verses, Right? Because the day we're living in is evil. But though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear any evil because he's with us. Right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep lie down when they're satisfied. He leads me beside still waters. Do you know you could be around still waters while all hell is breaking on the outside? The chaos of this world is not to become our chaos. We're to actually walk in the peace of God. I love this. And having done all to stand, in other words, we must prepare to stand. Having done all to stand, we must prepare to stand. It's going to say stand, therefore. Many people are not able to stand because they haven't prepared to stand. See, we have more access to the word today. I think on my phone, I mean, I, I have, the older I get, the shorter my list gets of who I listen to. Pastor Mike is right at the top of my list. Brother Hagen is right at the top of my list. If you looked at my phone, I have almost 600 gig of audio teaching on my phone. I never stop listening to the word. His word is everything to me because I understand it's the only thing that will bring salvation to my soulish realm. It's the key to life. We're told to put on the armor of God. Why? Because we're fighting in a spiritual battle. And the armor of God will enable us to stand against all the devices of the enemy. Hallelujah. So, Having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth, 
having on the belt of truth. In other words, you got to surround your thought life like a belt surrounds you. You have to surround your thought life with truth. If you don't, what will happen? You'll become entangled with wrong thinking, wrong believing, which will cause you to speak wrong and act wrong, right? Having on the breastplate of righteousness, you must live your life knowing that you have been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. You got to know that. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. Isaiah 54 says, In righteousness you will be established. That means fixed and immovable. You'll be far from oppression because you will not fear. And from terror, it won't come near you. It goes on to say, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, literally you can condemn. And at the end of that chapter, it says, this is the heritage. Right? It says of the servants, we can go in New Testament. This is our heritage as children of God. And God says, the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That's what we're talking about, the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation. This Greek word, or this, yeah, this Greek word means the foundation, with the preparation or the foundation of the gospel of peace. Wow. We build our foundation. We, we build it on knowing that we have peace with God. Do you know God's not mad at you today? He might not be pleased with your, with your behavior because you're not doing his word, but he's not pleased because he can't really get anything over to you that he's already gave you. But he condemned all of your sin once and for all. This is Romans chapter 8 in the body of Jesus. You have peace with him today. I love that. Hallelujah. We, we have peace with God and it brings us stability. It also brings us agility in the spiritual battle. It keeps us fixed and immovable. That's what the peace of God does. And then it says, above all, you could read it even this way, in front of all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench, extinguish, stamp out all the fiery darts of the enemy. What are those darts? Those are thoughts. Right? And take the helmet of salvation. Wow. The helmet of salvation. This represents your mind continually being renewed and renovated with the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, this is what you got to be careful of. Because when we think word of God, we think written word of God, but that's not the Greek word. The sword of the spirit, which is the rhema, that, that it's the spoken word of God. That Bible will do you no good if you keep it closed. That Bible will do you no good if you just read it silently. It'll do you a little good because it's life. But what really is going to do you good when you want to use a sword in your battle, you have to speak the word. It's the spoken word of God can't reiterate that enough. I love that. 
Now hold your finger there real quick. We're kind of coming down. We're getting close to closing now. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. Luke 6, 46, it says this. Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, I wish it would have said, and if the flood arose. But notice it didn't say that, did it? Floods are coming. It's part of living on the earth. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. That sounds a lot like this is giving you a picture of having done all to stand. Stand. Oh yeah, streams are going to beat against your life. Floods are going to come. Wind's going to come. And it's not even supposed to rattle your window. It is to be a non-issue because of who you are in Christ. So if there's some storms in your life rattling you now, make a decision they're not going to rattle me anymore. Because God is faithful who promised. Now jumping back to Ephesians real quick. Verse 15. Look at this. I want to kind of focus on this as we kind of come down the hill to close here. In verse 15 of chapter 6, it says, And your feet shod with the preparation or the firm foundation of the gospel of peace. Let's look at the peace of God for a second. In John 14, 27, Jesus was talking and he said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Peace. This Greek word means rest. It means contentment. It means a quietness. It means safety, security. I love this Greek word. It literally gives us a picture of a tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation. Why? Because of the harmonious relationship that I have with God. That's what the peace of God does. Jesus gave it to us unconditionally. And then he said this, let not your heart be troubled. This word troubled, it literally means to be agitated in your mind with fear. Notice it said, let not your heart be troubled. You're in control as a believer. You don't ever have to put up with this troubled and agitated, all these mind games that the enemy has. To be affected with doubt, grief, and anxiety. That's what this word troubled means as well. To be perplexed, to be terrified. God is saying to you, don't let that happen. You have authority. You are strong in me, and you could walk free from this. I must, I must, I must, I must refuse to let thoughts, feelings, and emotions be troubled. You got to tell them you get in line with the word of God. Emotions are a great thing. They, I'm so passionate about following Jesus. I'm so passionate about doing what he's called me to do. Man, I just, I, it just burns in me. 
all the time, right? It's just, it, it just, those emotions are wonderful, but they are not to lead me. They don't lead me. And, it, and if something happens in a negative way or contrary to the word and, and, and my emotions get all flared up and all this stuff, you tell them to shut up. Come in line with the word of God. You are in control. Amen? Peace is a supernatural fruit of the spirit. It's given to us for the purpose of giving us victory in every storm and circumstance of our life. The peace of God. In John 16 and verse 33, it says this, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. This, mean, this word tribulation means you're going to have pressure. You're going to have mental anguish, persecution, burdens, trouble. But then he says this, but... Be of good cheer. This phrase, be of good cheer, means, but take courage and be bold. Why? Look at this. Take courage and be bold. I have overcome or I have conquered the world. Isn't that good? You don't ever have to be in fear again. In Isaiah 26, in verses 3 and 4, it says this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. I love that. Because he trusts in thee. See, why do I keep my mind fixed and stayed on God? Because I trust in him. I know him. You can't trust who you don't know. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah or in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This word means strength, but it also means refuge and safety. I love that. Isaiah 32 in verse 17 and 18, it says this, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness a quiet assurance forever. Wow. I want to encourage you today. In the book of Daniel, I think it's Daniel eleven thirty two. it says, but they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. They that know. This word know means they that know God so intimately that things are conceived in them and birthed out of them. We know him intimately. They that know their God will be bold, will be strong. This word strong literally means courageous enough to seize hold of things, to seize hold of the blessing of God for your life. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, believe that you seize hold of them, and you shall have them, God says. But they that know their God will be strong, and do exploits. That means they will do things beyond their own natural ability. Oh, we have a privilege to know our Father in heaven. He's your dad. To walk in him. To know Jesus intimately. The Holy Spirit's work in our life is to bring out on the outside who we are on the inside. Don't buy the lies of the enemy anymore. Be encouraged. I hope this is encouraging you today. 
because God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? The answer to that is no one or nothing. Amen? Well, listen, let me, let me pray for you guys before we close this service. And very importantly, um, the most important thing, this all starts with knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's where it all starts. Committing your life to him. Inviting him in to be your Lord. So I want to encourage you. Let's go ahead and bow our head and close our eyes real quick. Jesus, because of his great love for you, came to this earth, lived as a man, and died on a cross in your place for all of your sins to take care of the root of all of those sins, which was spiritual death. He came to give his life for you. He took your place. The Bible says that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. We're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. God loves you today, and he has a powerful plan and a wonderful plan for your life. Is there anyone here just by raising your hand, you would say, Pastor, yes, I want to know. I want to know Jesus. I want to invite him into my life. I want to give him my life, and I want, I want him to come into my heart and live through me. Is there anyone here who wants to accept Christ today? As I look around, you're raising your hand. I'll have you pray right from your seat, but this is the most important decision in your life. Christians, you should be praying right now. Anyone at all as I look around. Well, hallelujah. Well, listen, look up at me. It's been wonderful being with you today. Um, I pray that you just have a blessed day. Let me pray for you just before I turn this over to Pastor Mike. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Foothill Family Church. I thank you that their greater days of ministry are ahead of them. And I thank you for your hand of blessing, for revival and awakening, increase in every area of this ministry. Oh, Father, we thank you for these precious people. And I pray, Father, that you would bless them today. Just give them a wonderful time with friends and family. Stir their heart by your spirit to areas things that they're to lay down or maybe things that they're to pick up. Help hungry hearts become a doer of this word. And Father, we just thank you so much for this time we've had together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.